Uh, my name's Mark. I've, I've got a couple kids. I'll tell you one story just to start off, okay? We, we, uh, this is when they're little. It seems like they're easy when they're little, right? It's pretty, pretty I mean, six, seven. They're cute. Every one of your friends think they're cute and everything like this. So, I go to church. I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor at a, a service that meets at uh, 7 o'clock, I think, was when the service met. And that day, we had a huge picnic in our backyard, a huge picnic. And then everybody was at the picnic, was going to the service. So we all, like, get in our cars, drive 20 minutes, have the service, come back. And the, 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 the yard is just destroyed from the picnic, right? So, we, so we, we're, we're coming back, and the kids are tired. You know that great parent thing when you carry your kids in? Right? I, I tried to do that when my kids were teenagers, and they wouldn't let me... <laughs> But that, then it was great, and so we were like carrying the kids in, and we, we come back to one of these like you know big thirty gallon trash cans, and it's tipped over. Some dogs had come along and tipped this thing over, and it, it's a huge mess. Food all over, all like the picnic, you know, burgers, watermelon rinds, corn on the cob, cobs, all it's all over. And you know that insect thing when ants swarm, and and it makes an object just like a black crawling mass. Some people are not having a lot of joy that I'm sharing this story. But all the garbage was just swarming with ants, millions of ants. And uh, my, my middle guy, Jared, and I were looking at them because what better thing to end your day than this kind of like ant phenomenon happening in your backyard. And we're looking at it, we're looking at it, and, and seriously, we were doing this thing. We were like just like leaning over and, you know, we're bonding you know, guy stuff. We're just enjoying this very much. And finally, he just looks over at me and goes, Dad? Oh, yeah, bud. He goes, how do you think those ants knocked that trash can over? <laughs> like, like, okay. So then it changed. Then they all become, then all those chemical things that Nicole was talking about happen. We don't have talks like that anymore. And that's what, but seriously, like it gets better now. They're all adults now. Let me just show you a picture of my kids right there. They're on the, uh, on the uh, right-hand side. Oh, wait, your left-hand side. Are, um, are my kids right as they're entering into the teen years. My, my daughter, Jessie, is probably 13 there. And uh, my son, John, is probably 9. My other son, Jared, who observed about the ants, is probably 11 in that picture. And here they are at Jessie's wedding in August. They just had this wedding. And uh, the thing is true that it just goes so fast. I... In my, how I feel, it was like four or five years in between those two photographs. But uh, those kids who you can, they can kind of recognize, they're all the same kids. You know, the, uh, Jesse and John switch places in case, you know, there's no weird thing going on there. But, but besides that, there's the same kids there. And I, I love those kids. In those teenage years, I really liked it. I was a youth pastor, too. All, all through my career, I was a youth pastor. And I love those times. And, I, and then now we're celebrating things like weddings. We've got a daughter-in-law now that can cook like crazy. She's so good. It was like such a score for our family. <laughs> <laughs> so good, you know. We've gone through things like baptisms and, and uh, sports. You know, seeing, seeing my son Jared was a pole vaulter. That was really fun and all this. We've also gone through a broken spleen. Okay, did you know your spleen can break? That happened when son number one uh, swerved his bike, maybe on purpose, into son number two. Um, broke his spleen, okay? So he spent the whole summer just like laying on a couch. He broke other things. Our, little, our youngest one, John, 
broke a lot of things when he was growing up. And as an adult, he, he, uh, he went over the handlebars of his motorcycle a couple years ago, wrecked his wrist for good. Um, we've had calls from the cops. We got the cops on the phone like, Mr. Tyndall, uh, is you your father, Jonathan Tyndall? Oh, I probably shouldn't say which one it was, but believe <laughs> There's a distinct difference between what Jesse and Jared did and what Jonathan did. Jonathan, uh, anybody named Jonathan is trouble. Like, it's just trouble people. But uh, yeah, the cops. Uh, the, your son was um, your son was caught uh, jumping from roof to roof in downtown media. He was doing parkour, he says, but people thought that he was breaking into apartments. We want you to come back. Seriously, I'm like later in the car. You know how it's great to talk in the car. In the car, we're like. So, like, you were, you were jumping over alleys. <laughs> and you know how your brain's not wired to understand what could happen if you miss? Yeah, that. That is so true. Uh, our daughter uh, was discovered to have type 1 diabetes, what used to be called juvenile diabetes in these years. Uh, I mean, we just had teenage years like crazy. And I want to talk to you just a little bit some of the... Some of the stories. Now, uh, to talk about that, I'm just going to use an outline that comes from a famous book. If we can go to the next slide there. Um, this guy, Gary Chapman, has taken a concept, the five love languages, and he has milked it for all it's worth. He's got <laughs> the five love languages of marriage and the five love languages of pets and five love languages. Your, your, your uh, you know, garbage guys that come to pick up your stuff. And, and he's... <laughs> He takes the same material and he just runs it through like every age group. And it's just amazing material, actually. But he's basically, he's got this one basic premise that people receive love. I mean, I mean we pretty much know that our job as parents is to love our kids, right? And uh, he's just got this idea that there's five different ways that people receive love. So in, in my mind, I, uh, gift giving is absolutely not my love language. I, if I get a gift, I mean, giving gifts, I like giving gifts a little bit, but if, if I get a gift, it has to wow me so... It's like my number one skill in my life is uh, faking liking gifts. I, because, you know, the people give you these gifts, and they're thinking, this is going to be good. He is going to love this. And I'm like, so let me understand, you went to the store and you bought a thing. I've got money. Like, it doesn't matter to me at all. But if you tell me that was helpful, like if you say words, the long version is words of affirmation. I am so high. I, I could just take compliments all day long. Just someday there'd be some retreat where I'm just complimented for two days. I'll come back so charged up. Uh, but, you know, like, so there's this thought that, that uh, people get love different ways. And learning these different things is, there's, uh, first of all, knowing which one your teenager is good at, I'm not going to tell you anything about how to discern what your kid's good at. You can figure that out yourself as you go along. But these different things, I'll just use them as, uh, as just basically the job. You've got to love your kids, okay? The main thing is to come out the other end, and your kids know that you love them. It's just one of the grounding things. And uh, you know, uh, uh, some of us here are uh, followers of Jesus, and we just believe that one of the things that he came to do was just like sort of saturate us in this thought that there is a God, and this God really loves us. And it's such a grounding thought. And your kids coming out of their teenage years without that thought like, hey, at home, there's these people. 
And more than anything else, they really love me. It's a great thought, you know. And, and of course, you know, there's no novelty into this. You, you know, John Lennon wrote, wrote a song, you know, all you need is love. Love is all you need. All you need is love. Love is all you need. Love, love is all you need. It's like <laughs> just brilliant writing, if you think about it. And, you know... But, you know, John Lennon also said that, that even though that he, he wanted to be good at love, he wasn't good. The, you know, the dozens and probably hundreds of women that he went through during uh, his adult years, you know, would say the same thing. He probably wasn't very good at love at all. And so learning how to love, actually learning how to do this is, is tough. So let me just go through these five as quick as I can here. I want to I just talk about time. Now, this is probably no surprise, especially after these two other good talks that Spending time with your kids is really important, okay? I, I will just say this to you. As far as I can tell, the time is the thing that we undervalue the most in our life. We all know we're a little star for time. You're a different kind of person if you are not kind of uh, running in 70 directions in our culture right now. Uh, but this is, the, this is the expensive thing that parents waste, you know, more than anything else as far as I can tell. Like... That sense that from those times that, that you have this, my kids there on the beach, you know, like, I'm 12, I'm about to become a woman and get married, Dad. That, that, <laughs> that goes like that. It's just a moment. And for whatever your kids bug you, whatever they're going through, whatever, you can hang on for that moment, okay? And you can make it to the other side of that moment, and it will go very fast. And I'll tell you, my wife's right here. My wife, Barb, is just such a great parent. Like, she was great at investing in our kids. In fact, one of the decisions we made, which we do not recommend pretty much to anybody else. I mean, we're, I mean we don't push it on other people. We homeschooled our kids, okay? So for a lot, lot of years, we did schooling at home. And you could do far worse things to your kids than to put them in a room with Barb Tyndall for, like, six hours every day and go, this is what a human being is like. And that's time. I mean, the great advantage of that was time with somebody that we trusted, in this case, Barb. And I don't think Barb or I would say, like, oh, my gosh, their education was outstanding, superior. There were things that were good about. There was a ton of reading involved, and that was helpful. But, but just, just having as person number one that they look at, Barb, has made all of them people who love other people. I know that that's true. Barb also is world famous for hugging. She's going to have a hugging seminar at the end here. If you just want to hug, you're feeling down today, just hug Barb at the end. Um, it will help. But I would say the number one regret that I have in my life is that I didn't organize my, like, I, I love these kids like crazy. I know, they know that I love them. But I did not organize my days like I've got that much time. I've got that much time, because at that time when they're kids, you're bending over the ants, that's all easy, pretty easy, right? There's diarrhea every once in a while, but like mostly <laughs> super easy, right? <laughs> then teenage years, it's not, it's not readily apparent. And I think we got some good advice here of like some ways to improve. I definitely want all the parents in my, house, in my church to hear that thing that we just did two talks. But, um, the, you know... Do you ever do this in your car? Do you have that thing where you like can adjust the audio? I know some not everybody adjusts their audio, but there's like fade and balance and left and right, you know, all or wait, fade and balance and bass and treble. 
And there's just four things, and you can kind of adjust it to your. If I could go back, like there's like these four things, marriage, kids, work, like your real work of your life and some personal ask. If I could just tune it, I would tune it more towards kids. Like, what am I doing to invest in my kids in this, in this time when they're very receptive? And we had a lot of good times. I, one of the things that's good about teenage years is they get more like you. So, like, when X Games came to Philadelphia, and then, like, I could look at John, I could look at Jared, and not Jesse didn't care too much about the X Games. Like, and let's do the X Games. That was amazing. Like, just time together is so important. It hardly matters what you're doing. We used to ski together. That was fantastic. We got a list of things here, but I'm only on... Point one, and I've got two minutes. <laughs> gifts, gifts. Um, all I want to say about this is, a, a, I like to try to be creative with gift giving. I, I actually don't like to receive gifts. The only kind of gift that I really like is somebody has written me a poem, or they, I thought that you would like this. Like, I, I just, I've got a credit card. I don't need somebody to get me shirts. But, like, <laughs> right? I just, that's how I look at it. I just... But if somebody, and yours were the exception, <laughs> they were magnificent. I really want to spend a little bit of time just saying that. But um, let me just say this about gifts. Like, like I, I, I like to think about which kid is with, like which and which would be special. I love to take the emphasis off of obligatory gifts and put it on to surprise gifts. Now, we never did this. I even asked Barb, did we ever do this? As I've seen on commercials where uh, people wake up their kids like we're going to Disneyland today. That, to me, is amazing. Like, if you can afford that, do that sometime. But it's not an expected thing. Like, it's, I, I actually, the whole thing of Christmas gift giving as, like, you get rich this day. Like, there's, a, like, this obscene amount of things come to you because Jesus was born. I... I don't go for that too much. Like, I, I like a thoughtful gift. I like a surprise gift. I like to know what kind of ice cream somebody likes and buy it for them. Like, that, uh, that kind of gift giving means a lot to me. Um, I do think that we're raising our kids in a very consumeristic age, and we're, we're raising our kids to covet and to uh, long for things. If, and that's a weird thing. All right, service. Um, what if you just said to yourself as a parent, like, I, I serve these kids. That's part of the deal. Like, I, you know, again, if, if you're a follower of Jesus, you know that he, he's, he sort of models this thing like, well, he's the leader of the whole deal, but he's the servant of the whole deal. And he, he goes first. He, 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 he gives himself away in a lot of ways. That, if, if you stop begrudging the fact of the cost all the time, say, like, i got to run these kids all over the place. Well, you just learn from two people. That's your best thing. Like, do that. Run them all over the place. Right? Uh, that, that, like you're, you're a servant and, and one of the great things you can do is teach your kids this way of life like we as a family do things we collect recycling, we invest in neighbors we, uh, we rake leaves for people that are older or something like that we do things and that's one thing we started a church just like a, uh, this, this group is doing here and uh, boy there's lots of opportunities for our kids to do and we, we just thought right from the beginning let's bring them into the job let's Let's, let's work together is one of the really great things that we can do. And, of course, you, it, this is related to humility. One of the things I think parents can do that really helps is sometime get off your high horse and say, I'm sorry if something went wrong. You know, just like, you know, Dad, 
totally blew that whole encounter we had this afternoon. It's just like, it's humbling, right? And you think, oh man, I'm going to lose power. You're not going to lose power. You're going to gain relationship. And that's really what you're trying to do is create some kind of like stream of relationship. Now let me just talk about my favorite two here. Words, words of affirmation, but just words all together. And I want to just say that when you're a parent of a kid, you are writing the script that will go around in their brain for the rest of their life about who they are and what, is, what makes them valuable. And you will say those things out loud or you'll regret not saying it. And any, anybody here as a counselor or pastor or somebody that sits with people as adult and kind of tries to fix things will say, you know, my dad used to say I was a this. In fact, I'll, tell you, I'll give you a little thing. Google, my dad said I was a, in quotes, and it'll, it'll break your heart. It's not going to be a bunch of positive things, right? My dad said I was, and this person walks around the rest of their life with this story inside their head. What you say, so think about what you say. Pray about what to say. Think, think, plan out what to say. Be slow to speak. Like Just like, whoops, I'm about to... You could, you could say it the next day. All right, why don't, you go to, why don't you go to bed, son, and then we'll talk about this in the morning. Is a thing you can say. So you got a little time to say, like, I'm going to, instead of calling him a loser, say, like, how'd you like that thing? How'd that go? Um, you're, you're writing a script. And let me just say something again. You know, uh, there is something that's almost holy about communication between a parent and a kid. And what you're really trying to do is come out the other end. It's like, think of it like a stream, and you're trying to keep the pollution out of the stream. Like, you've got this thing. You want to say some things to your kid. You've got such built-in credibility just by being the parent. It's built in, the nature of the deal. You want to keep that stream clean. And I would say the greatest rich like treasure that I have in my life right now is I can talk to each of my kids now in their 20s, and they, they respect me. We have a respectable past together, uh, you know. You know, police incidents aside. <laughs> no, I mean, we've had fights. We've had people slamming doors. Like we had it all. Everything that everybody has. But still, we can talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. My son had a very lonely experience once he moved to another state, and his boss pulled away the job that moved him there. He was living in an apartment by himself with no car and no friends in another city, a city he would never have chosen. And we started talking on the phone. And for a year, I talked to my son, who was otherwise, you know, not the, not the king of talking. And we, I helped him. Because something about the stream was in place. You know, I just can't, can't think of anything more than I could say to you. Is like, then, then use your, your discussions. And gosh, sometimes they're not helpful, Right? On the other end, they're not thinking, let's pray about how to talk to mom now. You know, <laughs> right? They're, they're not working from that. You know, you might have to be the adult, right? <laughs> Which is a thing, right? Like you are, yeah, it's kind of the job, right? Um, I, want, I want that stream to be open for life. I want them to come home at Thanksgiving and we're drying the dishes and we can talk. And I'm dad. You know, that thing we sort of saw, like that Cliff Huxable thing, he was the best TV dad. I mean, I, I'm really sad that that man is not like that because he was, a good, he was a good dad to his kids in the show. 
That takes everything. You're a servant. You're, you're, this is what you're doing when you're a parent. And if you're trying to parent on the side, by the way, you're, you're not going to be able to do this to your best. And the last thing is touch. And I, I just, I love to, I love to wrestle my kids. Um, we had a thing called Daddy Monster, where uh, pretty much every Saturday, the bed was cleared, and we just wrestled for like 20 minutes or 30 before breakfast, okay? So Daddy Monster's a good thing. If you're not a daddy, just call it Mommy Monster, whatever you got to do. <laughs> but I mean, we just wrestled and threw each other around, and it was just hilarious. But you know, something's happening when you physically touch. And of course, like I said, Barbara is really great at hugging, and she will let you know that you are deeply loved. And my kids are nice and solid and grounded because they got hugged by her like all the time. But I hug too. I love, I love to hug my kids now at this point. I've got this thing where I cut my boys' hair. I, l- I learned how to cut hair early on because they cost so much. And I, I, uh, I cut their hair even to this day. And it's super intimate to hold your son's head and to, to cut close and to be in his ear. I'm just, I'm being serious, actually. It's super close in a way that you don't really get to get that close to anybody. Like, you think about a haircut. You're close. And I'll say things to my boy, you know, while I'm cutting their hair. I'll say things in, that are in there deep. Well, that's pretty much all I got. Those are five things you could try. Uh, five categories. And God bless you as you try to love your kids.